the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during the show. And the certificates are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Check them out. Today's random uh, trivia theme is random trivia. Now, today's show, we're going to talk about some investment opportunities. Mark? We are. So we've got, you know, there's a, we always pour through articles that we think would be uh, worthwhile talking about on the best of investing uh, that are topical. And this week, we've got a couple of interesting articles. Actually, Nam, uh, you sent me an article this, just this morning about um, how uh, Robert Schiller wrote an article in the paper this in the press this week about uh, Bitcoin, in his opinion, is the latest bubble. And yeah. I think any of us who've been watching these Bitcoin and Bitcoin-like uh, blockchain technologies that seem to be, um, you know, many different companies seem to be sprouting up here and there. And, and it's, it's, you know, almost like cannabis. It's the road to millions, right? It's like, yeah, uh, right. is there really a there there? I mean, I, I just wonder. And I thought that myself, when you look at Bitcoin, which is Bitcoin itself, which is the major of the cryptocurrencies, it's the most well-known brand. Uh, what's it now? Over four thousand dollars per coin. coin? Oh, is that yeah. not, is that that much? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. up from you know. I mean, I remember it was only you know just a few hundred bucks. I mean, isn't so. it just another form of currency, basically? Well, it, it I don't know. I just you, I look at yeah. it and shake my head. It's another. It's basically vaporware, in in my opinion, yeah. in terms of investing. You're not investing in anything, and the the ability for it to literally evaporate. From yeah. four thousand to whatever. I mean, if it goes from four to one thousand, I mean, you've lost a heck of a lot of money. Yeah, yeah and you know, it's it's fluctuated a lot. I mean, in the <laughs> earlier days of Bitcoin, which really isn't too long ago in, in terms of the technology, just a few years. Yeah, you've seen you see the price of Bitcoin go up and down significantly with major swings, and and there's been, you know, I don't know what the most recent correction was, but uh, since then, it, there's been a continued run up, and uh, in the article. Robert Schiller talks about how there's so much momentum in it, just like there was back in 2004, the early dot-com boom. Well, or the tulip bulbs well, in the 1600s. Well, let's, let's yeah. be clear. This is not investing. It's speculating. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with speculating, just as there's nothing wrong with gambling. It's, you know, we're all adults. We can choose to do with a certain portion of our money that we want to. Yeah. I mean, angel investing is speculating. It's not really investing because how many companies actually fold and never return a dollar. So those, those investment companies, uh, the VC capital, for example, they're, they're looking for the next Facebook, but, Google, but it, Uber, but most companies 
don't, and but, most companies go out of business. Okay, uh, I guess one differentiation I think I would make is that if you're investing in venture capital, uh, you're in, it's it's investing in something. You yes. know, be it Uber or some product yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you're Bitcoin right. really doesn't produce. It's just. It's there. just such a nebulous concept <laughs> yeah. on top of it. I still to this day can't figure out why it exists and why we care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm just a rude. I but. mean, there are barter <laughs> companies out there where you can just barter between people. And, mm-hmm. and, and I guess in theory, you can just kind of invent your own currency because that, that's what it seems like what they're doing. It is. And, you know, the underlying supposedly the underlying technology is that uh, there's transparency. There's this what's called a ledger where the transaction can be tracked all the way down to the original, you know, launch of the coin, I guess. So there's this chain that is is trackable and traceable and supposedly cannot be, uh, you know, uh, forged. But, yeah, but and Robert Schiller in his article talks about how people get their eyes light up and they get all excited when they talk about this. But for the most part, people have no idea what it is. <laughs> so yeah. it's so, just crazy. Almost, almost like a Ponzi scheme. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see, we'll see where that goes. So certainly it's not investing, but if you want to speculate in that arena and maybe you are, and maybe you're, you know, making great returns on paper. I don't know if it were me. I'd, you I'd know, cash I had at least part of <laughs> some of my money off the table. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and then play with house money, which, yeah, well, which is and, not a bad thing. And not everybody accepts Bitcoin. I can't, right. I can't go to Safeway with right. Bitcoin and, and spend it. You know, it is growing in, in acceptance, but yeah. it's still really small. So for an investment opportunity, again, I wouldn't call it an investment. But again, you know, for speculative purposes, if you've got some play money, you know, uh, I mean, God, there are worse ways. I mean, just, we, we mentioned <laughs> cannabis. You know, I'm, I don't know if you guys get all these emails about, ah, don't miss the cannabis know, train. The I next know, millionaire is going to be yeah. made in cannabis. Again, I don't really think so. I just, it's yeah. amazing how um, spammy emails come out of the woodwork when opportunities like this arise. I still think the big tobacco companies are going to come in in a relatively short period of time and take over the industry. A lot of people oh, disagree yeah. with me on that. And uh, again, really? hey, you know, maybe, you know, maybe craft cannabis like craft beer will continue to flourish. But um, it's just, I just, I just don't believe that many people are going to become millionaires uh, thanks to Well, cannabis. also, by the time right. it hits the public like that, it's, or, it's usually too late. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you what, we're going to cut to our first commercial break. Uh, trivia question is the theme. Um, here's the first question. Easter Island is part of what S- South American country? Ooh. So apparently Easter Island belongs to a South American country. Which hmm. one? And remember, South America is a continent, not a country. I've got a guess. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard of this country because <laughs> you know a little bit about South America. Hey, by the way, uh, oh, so you have to call 888-912-1190. If you're, first, if you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that free five-pack tanning certificate. Uh, also, uh, I want to make a quick mention here for Hornblower Yachts. Still summertime. Got to check them out. We've been on the Hornblower before and enjoyed it very much. Check them out at Hornblower Dot com. Again, here's our question. Easter Island is part of which South American country? Call 888-912-1190 and don't touch that dial. The best of investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Phan. Uh, first trivia question was, Easter Island is part of which South American country? Mark, do you think you know the Argentina. answer? No. Chile. Yes. Ah. Chile. Oh, nice. Very good. Ooh. Chile. Chile. Uh, okay, so moving on. Uh, 
private equity firms are sitting on a pair, close to a trillion dollars in cash. That was another article that came out this week. They called it sitting on dry powder. Yeah. The connotation being it's going to explode, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it brings up, a, 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 you know, a, a, an important point and a good conversation piece. Why would private equity be sitting on a trillion dollars? The reason being is they're obviously not finding a whole lot of deals out there in either real estate or businesses, which is what yep. the bulk of the, you know private equity is typically used. Or they're waiting for Bitcoin to drop and then buy some more. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, and and that's interesting because uh, another article I saw about real estate prices in general is that. Uh, um, depending on um, what metrics you use, one story said that now in the United States, half of uh, the United States or real estate prices are overvalued. And they have a way of defining what they mean by overvalued. It has to do with uh, median incomes in those particular mm. regions and the price of a home and how much uh, uh, of your pay afford, it, yeah. it would cost, you know, basically the affordability index. And, and so that, and that's basically with single family homes, but in commercial, commercial is still, uh, cap rates are still very low. Um, yeah. uh, and you know, the, the trophy properties that uh, private equity loves to buy the hotels and the skyscrapers, you know, like for example, we're here in San Francisco. So we see a lot of trophy properties that uh, are getting amazing prices and uh, a lot of overseas money coming over here. So, you know, it just, if you're someone who's looking to raise capital for one of your own, maybe you want to do a private syndication, maybe you've got an idea or an opportunity for a real estate uh, development project. I mean, it's nice to know that there's a tremendous amount of capital out there looking for a home. The, the, you know, I guess the key is, is do they have minimum investment uh, criteria in terms of amounts? And usually, yes, you know, yep. it can be, you know, some private equity firms, it's, you know, it's going to be, you know, you know, pretty substantial a million, number. Yeah. Well, a million More would be low, low probably yeah. 10, 25, 50 sure. million minimums wouldn't be unusual, which, you know, puts it out of the range for, you know, the average real estate investor yeah. to go out and raise capital for something like that. Also, the yields that a lot of these guys are looking at. I mean, the three of us have attended a whole bunch of conferences this year, uh, private equity, yeah. family offices. And so we're running around because we're looking to raise capital for the Pacific Private Money Fund, which yep. we'll talk a little bit more about uh, before the hour's done. And, you know, we... You know, we have an unleveraged fund that's paying a little under 8% right now. And we meet these private equity and family offices with lots and lots of dry powder that they're sitting on and come to find out the person who presumably that we meet at these conferences who is representing that capital. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the decision maker, but these people that we meet will tell us, oh, well, we need a 15% IRR or yep. we need a 20% internal rate of return on our money. I'm thinking, they're not really? Getting, they're not getting that, though. In, in what universe do yeah. you get that consistently? Exactly. Um, yeah. um, but then we also hear presentations from people who are um, raising capital for their various real estate-related syndications, and they'll talk about how, you know, in the trailing 12 months, they produced a 30% return, a 30% IRR. But, of course, we all know that you know, past performance is not a promise of future results. Sure, and right. we know that we're probably getting close to, you know, the 
the, the, the top of the real estate cycle is somewhere on the horizon. Um, we don't know if it's one, two or three years, but we, we think it's, it's, it's coming. So um, not likely are we going to continue to see, you know, strong double digit uh, yields uh, on real estate related investments. So, um, and I guess the people who are sitting on that dry powder must feel the same way because if they're, yeah, exactly. you know, if they would rather sit on cash right. than invest further in exactly. what they see as overpriced real estate. So it's, it's a really interesting, you know, phenomena that we're kind of seeing the economy get into on the one hand, you know, we have reports of, you know, slow kind of stagnant growth, when you compare it historically uh, from past um, boom periods, you know, we're not in the, you know, 4% annual growth range on GDP. We're in the stuck in the onesie, twosie. And <laughs> what does that mean in terms of, uh, you know, uh, what's in store for the future? We have a lot of articles uh, that I see, and I know you guys do too, about stock prices maybe being at their peak. And that uh, if you buy now when the stock, uh, major stock Dow index is at uh, 22,000, uh, what's, what's the likelihood for uh, returns going forward? Is it likely to underperform? We see a lot of speculation around that. So it's, uh, you know, what do you do with your money? And that's, uh, that's a big question uh, on a lot of people's minds. Um, stocks, are they overpriced? Real estate, is it overpriced? That's why we like <laughs> being, a lending, yeah. being a lender, being the bank. How do the banks make their money? Well, nice and conservative. at Pacific <laughs> Private Money, we have a mortgage pool fund. It's a debt fund. And we use that to make real estate secured loans. No, we don't do 100% financing. We make loans up to 70% of the market value or purchase price, and we produce a yield of around seven and three quarters percent. And so let's, we can talk a little bit more about that when we come back, because we're running a little bit long in this segment. Yeah, you're, you're going to want to uh, stay tuned. Be the bank. Yeah. I think be the bank, exactly. Great way to invest your money. All right, second trivia question. Who tore up a picture of the Pope on television in 1992? You remember that? I remember that. I do. Oh, quite, yes. quite an uproar. All right. Call 888-912-1190 to win that uh, five-pack tanning certificate by Tan Bella. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon. Second trivia question was: Who tore up a picture of the Pope on television in 1992? Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor. That's right. Sinead O'Connor. Sin. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to call her Sinbad, but uh, that wasn't her name. Okay, so Mark, you were starting to talk about the Pacific Private Money Fund. Yeah. So we have an investment vehicle at Pacific Private Money that we use to raise capital to make our real estate loans. And at Pacific Private Money, we're considered an alternative real estate finance provider. We're alternative to banks and conventional lenders. And people come to us for a number of reasons. Usually it's speed. Uh, sometimes it's just certainty of delivery because with banks and conventional lenders, the fact that the average conventional loan takes over 40 days to close now, and that if you're self-employed or you have, you know, you don't have seasoned funds or, or other aspects of your application are not, you know, 
perfectly strong and don't fit in all the little boxes that conventional lending likes to see, you might have trouble, you know, buying your next home or refinancing your home. And so we exist to provide certainty of delivery uh, when you absolutely positively have to close next week. You need that capital. Um, we're there to, put, you know, to provide a plan B. We're not anywhere near as priced the way conventional financing is. We're just, we're just not. We use private capital. Private capital comes to us because we're able to provide a high enough yield to entice that money. And at the Pacific Private Money Fund, for example, we're paying just under 8% right now. That seems to be a fairly typical rate for a uh, mortgage debt fund, mortgage pool fund. And we have to lend that out at higher than that in order to, you know, to be able to return those kind of yields. So our average loan rate is around 9% now, between 9 and 10%, depending on um, the actual loan to value that they're asking for and how you know, long they need the money or short they need the money. And so we're there to provide, uh, again, certainty of delivery. Okay. And, the, and actually, a, an email question comes in that asks, uh, is, is the stock market correlated? Correlated, correlated, correlated with your fund. So one of the neat things about real estate related investments like uh, investing in notes or investing in a mortgage pool fund is that the yields, uh, the returns that you can receive on a mortgage pool fund, it is not correlated to the stock market. Uh, it really, it's, it's correlated to the real estate market, but even then it doesn't necessarily mean, Hey, if the real estate market goes down, the loan you invested in is in trouble because again, we solve for a fairly conservative loan to value. So, uh, in fact, in our fund, the weighted average loan to value of all of the loans in the portfolio is 55%. So it's a fairly conservative fund on an, any individual loan will lend up to 70% of the purchase price or market value of the property. So again, we're solving for the fact that we do believe the re that real estate cycles on a regular basis, uh, you know, every five, eight to 10 years, we believe it's going to cycle again. We um, don't believe it's going to cycle as severely as it did in 2007 through 2010. But we're prepared uh, uh, in two ways. One, we, we solve for that 70% or less loan to value. And number two, we make short term loans. Yeah. So even if real estate market cycles 30%, on the next downturn, we're not concerned because it's not going to do 30% in, in 12 months. It's probably and not going to do 30% right. in 24 months. It yeah. might do 30% in 36 months, which is more or less what it did in the last cycle, anywhere from 30 to 50%, depending on what But you know, you'd be market. out of those loans, though. Right. Yeah. So, so the key is, is that you make short-term loans with a viable exit strategy where you have a high degree of certainty uh, uh, that the borrower has a way to pay you back with conventional financing, or they're going to sell the property, so they're, you're, they're not going to be stuck hey, with our high-interest loan. And if I can add to that, too, you know, the return on the fund to the investors since inception has been between seven and a half and like 8.1, mm -hmm. 8.2%. That's not a big swing. So it's a very, well, that's a good point. Uh, you know, stable uh, return for the investors. Versus, well, and is the proof in the pudding with regard to uh, losses in the, you know, you say if the market, because uh, we've had some, uh, you know, most most real estate has gone up, but, you know, not everything has always gone up. Well, the fund's been in existence for a little over four years. So clearly it's been as the market has been appreciating. But at Pacific Private Money, we've been making 
privately funded loans since 2008. In fact, since the summer of 2008. So we were making loans right before the financial markets uh, had their little meltdown uh, in October of 2008. And we were making privately funded real estate loans in 2009 when uh, real estate was still uh, heading downward. And in 2010, while real estate prices were still uh, decelerating. And we have, so we were making loans in a declining, depreciating real estate market. And none of our loans ever got, I mean, some of them got under stress. I mean, our loans weren't perfect in terms of borrowers having some challenges, but, you know, and we had to foreclose on a few, not many, but a few, but there were no losses to our borrowers. Our borrowers were always made completely whole. But not the borrowers. Got, not, I'm no, sorry, the, the lenders. lenders. The yeah. lenders were yeah. made completely whole. Yeah. Uh, the, the investors in those notes got all their money back and all their interest. Um, and, and those that foreclosed and liked the property, several of them still own those properties today, which have appreciated greatly. So we have a couple of investors that... Um, that. We're very happy that the borrowers didn't pay. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, so finish, so, to again, finish off your sentence. Again, we're not a loan-to-own company. That's not what we like to do, but uh, certainly some of our note investors, um, we have one note investor that their entire portfolio of real estate is from notes they foreclosed on, not through us, but through other companies over the years. Yeah. and. He's actually a really nice guy, but he's got this great portfolio of real estate, <laughs> residential and commercial, that he got through note investing and, and foreclosure, and well, he's Nom, never lost money. Nom, since you work for uh, the company uh, Pacific Private Money, I want to ask you this question that also comes in. How often would I get reports from Pacific Private Money if I invest with you, and how transparent are you guys? Because, you yeah. know, like if you buy from a mutual fund, they send out a prospectus or an annual report, and you can see theoretically what stocks they own. Sure. How do do you guys work? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, first of all, we send out a monthly member report that uh, highlights and summarizes the prior month's performance and then gives a historical uh, to date performance of the fund. But uh, and so that comes out once a month. But really, at any time, investors have access to uh, their portal, to their investor portal, where they can see the most current uh, portfolio of loans in the fund. They can also see the prior month's audited financials, which is uh, administered by a third-party uh, CPA, accounting firm. And they also have access through our fund administrator, their personal account that shows their balance, their, you know, since they've invested. Um, so they can see that at any time. So it's people can, uh, as they say, trust and verify. Yeah, yeah. And people like the fact that we have third-party fund administration and a third-party, you know, accounting firm that, that audits us. Every uh, every year. All right. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, you know, you really need to look at the management when it comes to uh, mortgage pool fund investing. And we've always been very transparent at our company. You can come visit us at our uh, offices in Nevada. We do a lot of uh, monthly um, you know, show and tells. So, again, for more information, go to our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. That's PacificPrivateMoney.com for more and, information. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of deals of the week. Yep. All right. Third trivia question. What year did Abraham Lincoln deliver the Gettysburg address? address, but about an address. Hmm. Okay, that was our question. Call 888-912-1190 to answer that question. I want to make a very quick announcement here, too, for the Weingarten Children's Center. They're having a, a fundraising event uh, in the Hyatt Santa Clara on September 16th. Very nice organization. Check them out. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing is going to be right back. 
For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon. Third trivia question. What year did Abraham Lincoln uh, deliver the Gettysburg Address? I always fail at history questions. 1861. No. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, four score and seven years ago. Blah, 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 blah. That would, right? Four score is 80 uh-huh. plus seven. Uh, Go back 1776, add 87 years, you get 1863. That's, that's, how, that's the only way I can remember that. Yeah, it's a math one. <laughs> Not list. a history question, it's a math one. Okay, so uh, before we cut to break, Mark said that uh, Pacific Private Money does some fund events where people can learn information, Nam? Yep. Yeah, so we hold monthly fund events, whether uh, some are online, some are here at our office in Novato. Uh, but this uh, coming month, or well, this month, we're taking the show on the road. So we're going to be down in the South Bay on September 28th. It's at uh, in Mountain View at Scratch Restaurant. Uh, so we're excited to be able to accommodate investors who live in the South Bay. It's going to be from 7 to 9 p.m. So uh, space is limited. So there's a max of, of 30 people. So uh, the people do have to RSVP. Yes. And so- how do they RSVP? Call into the office, 415-883-2150, or go online at www.pacificprivatemoney.com. But also, we just launched a meetup. So meetup is a really popular uh, website for a lot of different things, a lot of different interests. And we launched a mortgage fund meetup group um, this past uh, week, and we already have 15 20 members and four of them are coming to the fund event. So oh, very cool. Yeah, it's a great, great way for really for any investors to to learn about investing. Uh, ours, you know, is in the alternative investing real estate space and um, look for us. We're excited to okay, launch. So this is not a singles meetup group. It's a <laughs> yeah. learn about yeah. the fund meetup yeah. group. Disclaimer. An investment yeah. meetup group. Well, you know, we've had a lot of people over the last several years say, hey, when are you going to do something elsewhere in the Bay Area other than the North Bay? Because with traffic, and we usually have it on a Wednesday or Thursday night, it's been hard for people in the South Bay or the East Bay uh, to get to Novato where we have our, um, our beautiful office in downtown Novato. But uh, so here we are, you know, we're going to Mountain View. So we'll be, uh, so for you in the peninsula or in San Jose, uh, it, uh, uh, hopefully you can make it out there that day. Uh, so Mark, let's move on to deal of the week. Deal of the week. What you, so what you got? we didn't fund this one yet. This is a new deal that just came in this week, but I like it because it's kind of representative of stuff we see. Um, this one is not a purchase loan, which is you know typically what we get through our mortgage broker and realtor referral network. They'll send us deals that they have in contract that look like they're not going to be able to get conventional financing to close in time, so they come to us to kind of rescue the deal. Um, here's one where the couple's going through a divorce. The wife is getting the house. It's in Los Gatos. The market value on the appraisal is about $2 million, and the borrower, the, the woman who's staying in the home, needs $700,000. That's a 35% LTV. That's a, that's a great loan. So oh, it's, uh, there's no debt on it? Well, I don't. 
know if there's an existing first, but the loan request is for $700,000. So presumably there's an existing first and there's cash out that they need. So, so there's cash, there's cash to buy out the husband. Apparently the husband's going to take a certain amount of money to walk away. And then the borrower also has a bunch of uh, credit card debt. So this is clearly a consumer purpose loan. It's not a business purpose. It's not a fix and flip. It's a, a owner occupied consumer purpose loan, which is a protected loan class under the new Dodd-Frank predatory lending uh, guidelines. And so that means that companies like ours, like Pacific Private Money and others out there who are in the alternative, you know, high interest rate finance space, we are obligated to ensure that the borrower can afford the monthly payments. So even though there's a ton of equity here, and it's a low LTV loan, we still need to make sure that they can make those monthly payments. Now, here's the good news is that we're not bound by the same DTI ratios. That means debt to income ratios that banks use. So, you know, you go to a bank and they'll say, well, you know, it's more than 43% debt to income. We can't make that loan. Um, We're not obligated by that. I mean, we can go as high as 80% if, if we look at Everything else about the story that makes sense. Like, for example, the woman apparently wants to buy out her husband, wants to consolidate her debt. Her credit has been hammered by the divorce, which is not atypical. It's no. below 600. Um, but she wants to sell the house. So she wants a couple hundred grand to buy out her husband and some money to improve the property, sure. pay down her credit card debt, then sell the home. Some of that money is also, you know, just is is earmarked to help um, presumably pay um, the the cost of this new financing, which is a little bit on the um, gray area when it comes to how we look at these things. So um, without diving into the, the weeds as to how we're going to underwrite this, the, the fact remains is that Divorce is a uh, divorce and probate are two sources of real estate situations where um, uh, husband wants to buy out the wife or vice versa, or siblings want to buy out other siblings on a home that was inherited from their parents. These are situations we tackle on a regular basis, and notwithstanding all the Dodd Frank nonsense, we know how to navigate those shark invested waters, even though we are not. Loan sharks. <laughs> we are the anti-loan shark. So again, if you um, have a situation uh, or you know of a situation or you're a professional out there or maybe you're an attorney uh, that handles probate cases, uh, we need to be on your radar because we can help a client uh, in certain situations. And again, we try to price our products as low as we can, but you could expect to have an interest rate somewhere in the nines. Uh, although on this one, we uh, with a 35% loan of value, maybe we can get something in the, in the 8% range for this for this family and we'll work but we'll be working on this family uh, on this file more as uh, we collect the uh, loan application data you know what i find very interesting is that banks generally won't want to lend if they know that you're either putting the property on the market yeah. or intend to mm-hmm. and problem i'm get i'm guessing it's because they have to do a lot of paperwork mm. they can't charge a prepayment penalty on a personal residence and they're going to get paid back so soon. And they don't like to stress right. either. So if, if yeah. it's a divorce situation, it's just easier to say no. The conventional lenders and banks really want to see everything fit in a nice, neat little box. They want to be able to 
make the loan, package it up and sell it because very few banks are portfolio lenders these days. Portfolio lender means they make the loan and keep it on their balance sheet. And that way they can maybe decide, oh, we really like this loan. We're not going to resell it so it doesn't have to fit all these things. The fact of the matter is, is that unless it's a community bank that you have a direct relationship with, you're probably not going to get you know, that kind of answer. So uh, for most people, um, probate, divorce, death situations, um, you, know, you need to come to an alternative lender to be able to get a viable option for you. Okay, so if I want to invest in the fund, what's the minimum investment? So for fund investors, it's fifty thousand okay. uh, dollars. You need to qualify by being uh, by by uh, uh, being what's called an accredited investor. We're not allowed to take uh, as an investor in our fund anyone who doesn't pass the accredited investor definition, and that is that you have a one million dollar net worth not including the equity in your home. So you have to have investment, real estate, or stocks and bonds, or 401ks that add up to uh, more than a million, which is a threshold that uh, a lot of Bay Area residents uh, pass easily. So um, uh, unfortunately, we're not able to take uh, unaccredited investors, but $50,000 minimum investment. And the minimum holding period is 12 months. So we don't keep your money for a long time. You can get it out sooner than 12 months, but there's a 3% redemption fee for early withdrawal. But if you put your money in and keep it in for 12 months, there's no fee going in and no fee going out. I was just going to say, okay, so it's no load going in Mm -hmm. and no load going out. Yeah, load means fee. So for those of you who invest, you know that load means fee. So no load means no fee. No fee going in, no fee going out. Uh, You invest 100, you get back 100, plus you get all that great interest, which right now we've been paying uh, year to date about seven and three quarters percent on your money. And you pay it on a monthly basis, not quarterly. Right. Every month we, we, we put it out. So like uh, a recent month, we paid out 0.7% for that one month, which is more than most banks pay in a that's, year. Yeah, that's 8.4%. All right, don't touch that dial. The best investing will be right back with some closing comments. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hahn of Pacific Private Money and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Now, um, Mark, I got a question for you. Um, if I'm an, listening on the show right now, I'm a listener and I'm thinking, I'd like to invest with these guys, but I don't want to invest with like loan sharks, you know? I mean, you know, I, I want to invest with, you know, good companies who do nice things and, and help, you know, communities and stuff like that that's kind of a poignant question for you. I mean, are you, are you, a, are you a good witch or a bad witch? You know? <laughs> so Edward, what you're talking about is something that's actually growing in popularity in the investing arena today. And that's known as impact investing. And a lot of people like investing in, you know, for example, green technologies or companies in general that, that have positive impacts on the community. The challenge with impact investing is a lot of those impact investing opportunities are all about feeling good and not about making any money. So how would you like to invest with a company that not only can provide you a healthy yield like seven and three quarters year to date in 2017, um, but also has positive impacts on the community. So not only are uh, we not at Pacific private money predatory lenders or loan sharks, uh, which I, I, you know, some of my note investors from years ago used to used to share this with me that when they would talk to like friends or relatives about investing in in high interest notes, 
their friends would laugh at them and call them loan sharks. Well, they say, no, I'm a barracuda. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that private capital through companies like Pacific Private Money has helped to transform homes, streets, neighborhoods, and communities throughout America. It was private capital through companies like Pacific Private Money that actually were the catalyst for the real estate recovery. It wasn't the government. It wasn't banks. I mean, banks were nowhere to be found in 2010, yeah, 2011, 2012, when you were looking to, you know, when, when every other home in neighborhoods, in uh, uh, communities all throughout America were boarded up because the families had been had lost their home to foreclosure and they were now REO bank owned it was uh, you know and unless you were sitting on piles of cash which most real estate investors contractors flippers remodelers were not in fact many of them themselves had lost everything in the yeah. real estate market downturn but they still had their skills they still had the ability to yeah. to find fix and flip real estate how did they do that well they borrowed money from companies like Pacific Private Money. I mean, nine out of 10 loans we were making in 2012 were to contractors, flippers, real estate investors who were who were improving and making safe neighborhoods. They were taking uh, real estate that was sorely in need of remodel and turning them into turnkey properties for entry level and, and home buyers. And if I can add to that too, the scenario uh, deal of the week that you talked about earlier, you know, that, that situation, that divorce situation, there's no conventional solution for that no conventional yeah. bank solution which you know it's 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 a great resolution for that couple yeah i mean because it sounds like if you weren't able to make that or didn't make that loan and nobody would make that loan they'd be forced to sell the house right so we're not payday lenders we're not you know lending at 28 percent or a hundred percent or a thousand percent yes it's it's about twice what a conventional loan if you qualified for it would charge you mm. But no one comes to us who can get conventional financing. We're plan B. Right. And so we're rescuing deals. We're helping people not lose their deposits uh, because the seller won't give them any more time. And the bank said we can't close by next Friday. So we rescue deals. We help families. All right. So uh, give out your information if you have if there are people out there who want to borrow from you or if people want to invest and earn seven and three quarters percent. We serve two clients, borrowers and investors. And we've got pages and pages of testimonials about how we are fast, friendly, and reliable, and how in our investments we're transparent as well as reliable there as well. So PacificPrivateMoney.com for more information, PacificPrivateMoney.com. We're always adding more videos uh, for you to uh, watch and learn. Very so good. check us out. Thanks, guys. Thoughts for the day. Napoleon Bonaparte drew up his battle plans inside of a sandbox. He probably should have left them there if they were for Waterloo. <laughs> and 150 calories are used every hour you spend banging your head against a wall. Excellent way to lose weight. <laughs> Don't try this at home. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader.
AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.